Hello, I'm Daniel. This is my podcast, Sharpening the Mind. I am a meditation teacher and also a labor activist in Kansas City, Missouri. I teach classes in meditation and Buddhism at the Rime Buddhist Center, as well as a few other places. Thank you for listening and have a great day. I once listened to a talk where the teacher, <clears throat> the teacher, um, his name was Michael Stone, and I listened to his podcast and he said, we teach best what we need to learn. We teach best what we need to learn. And I think there's probably a lot of truth to that. We teach best what we need to learn. What does that mean? It means essentially the things that are easy for us to talk about and relate to each other about are the very things we're struggling with. So we teach best what we need to learn. So I'm telling you that to tell you about what I'm struggling with today, right now. And hopefully with that information, I can, we can sort of unpack that and shed some light on how we're all struggling right now. So, um, we all know what's going on. There's a virus sweeping the nation. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. But that's not what I'm struggling with. At least not today. Right now, I'm struggling because I set up a new passcode on my iPhone and... I must have messed up one of the digits because I'm now locked out. I'm now locked out. And if you're like me, then, and I think most people are like this, like being locked out of my phone, that is serious. That is a serious problem. Because, well, I use my phone for so much, right? So much of my life is on there. Um, I, in fact, I tried to log into my bank on another device and it said okay we'll send a code to your phone so you can log in right so I can't even log into my bank right so uh, why am I telling you this I'm telling you this because it's essentially nonsense for me to stress about it that is I suddenly have anxiety I can't go to sleep I can't relax because of this really seemingly very small issue of can't get into my phone. So, um, Apple stores are all closed, but I did get an appointment at the T-Mobile store and we'll see how that works. And the point is that all I can really do, I tried the different methods to reset my phone and they didn't work. So all I can really do is wait for that appointment at the T-Mobile store. And I can say with pretty high confidence that they're going to be able to fix my phone, right? They're going to be able to probably reset it. I probably lose everything. I have to download everything again, and that's, that's fine. But still, even though knowing that, and even though knowing the only thing I can do at all is let time pass until that appointment, still even knowing that, and even knowing, well, I don't really need my phone for anything. I mean, I have 
everything I need. I'm not even going to work, right? So I'm not even, nobody has to reach me, really. So, but even knowing all that, I'm still anxious. I'm still anxious. Now, I have enough mindfulness to know why I shouldn't be anxious. I have enough mindfulness to know, well, time's just going to pass. There's nothing I can do but wait. I should be able to relax. I should be able to relax. Because... I mean, it's really not that important. It's really not that important, but I'm fixated on it. I'm fixated on it. And I don't know if this is relatable for you, but I really hope it is. But I'm just fixating on something that I can't change, that is going to be solved. I know I'm relatively certain it's going to be solved, and it's going to not even take a very long time for them to resolve it. But still, I'm like, oh, my phone. And more than that, I don't need it. I'm not bored. I can just, you know, not check my text messages for the day, right? That's really the only consequence is I can't check my text messages for the day. And I can't play Cat Simulator. I think my Cat Simulator, I'm going to have to start all over, I think. Um, I like to play that. So, <laughs> my kids got me into it. But, that being said, like... I'm going to just spend time with the kids and do what they want to do. And often in life, we make big things out of big problems out of little problems. And the truth is this. Most emergencies aren't. Most emergencies aren't. What do I mean by that? I mean that I'm dragging all sorts of importance to this really only because it's a disruption of my normal routine. In my normal routine, I grab my phone, I listen to a podcast, right? I grab my phone like I map to where I need to go. That's a big one for me. And I can't do that now. And that's okay. It's really temporary, but still, a disruption is bothering me. It's bothering me. I'm holding on to it like this. And I, I, I think of other things that are disruptions, like stuck in traffic and being late to something. That's a disruption, and it bothers me. It usually is very low consequences, but still it bothers me, right? Or uh, struggles with the kids, where I can't get them to bed on time because they're pushing back. That is a disruption with, again, very low consequences, but it bothers me. And so I have all that to say, even when we meditate really regularly, even when we're, we've been meditating a long time, even when our practice is really diligent, we're still going to have struggles. We're still going to have struggles that will not go away. I believe that will never go away. We have the struggle, and the struggle will continue. The hope, though, 
is that we understand it better. And then I can think about, oh, I'm going to struggle with that. And then I can be prepared. And I hope, and I wonder if my practice has prepared me for this a little, and I would be f just falling apart right now without it. And I don't know, and there's no way to know. But I, I tend to think that way. But it does sort of give the, me the ability to reflect and think about it and think, oh, this is nonsense. This is nonsense. I don't need to be struggling with this. This is going to pass. This is going to pass very soon, but still. But at least I can give myself that reminder, and at least when I'm struggling, I can tell myself, well, this is going to be over. This is going to be over. This is going to be over. And I think we tend to think that temporary problems are permanent. We tend to think that temporary problems are permanent. So <clears throat> we tend to think, like, I'm mad right now, therefore I'll be mad forever. Or I'm not feeling well right now, therefore I'll be not feeling well forever. It's hard for us to imagine a state of mind outside of the state of mind we're in right now. It's hard for us to imagine a state of mind outside of the one we're in right now. So we think, I'm frustrated right now. And we don't see an end in sight. We don't see these mind states as temporary. But they are. This anxiety I'm feeling is temporary. Is temporary. And if I could just sort of relax a little, I'd be fine. I'd be fine. There's nothing to get torn up about. And I, I tend to think we all have little little things like this that we just... We have a little problem and we obsess about it. And that does not serve us very well. It makes us suffer a great deal, actually. But can we change that? Can we step off of this treadmill of suffering and kind of find some harmony, find some calm abiding and just take it easy? I think we can. I think we can. I actually first started exploring meditation to deal with anxiety. Um, not to get too personal, but after my mother passed away in my in my first year of college, I started to really have a lot of anxiety, and it was a real problem for me. And I and I don't know if starting college, I mean, was one thing, and losing, I lost my parents, and that was another thing, but. I had a lot of anxiety, and meditation really was something I tried that really helped me with that. And the truth is, though, anxiety, is, it's still there. It's not gone just because I found a way to manage it. It's not gone. It's still there. And I think we need to reflect and remember that. This practice is immensely, immensely helpful to us, but it's also not a magic bullet. It's not just going to kill your problem. And when I have anxiety, I don't see it as a failure of my meditation practice. And I just see anxiety as something to work through. I just remind myself to say this thing that I always remind myself to say, which is right now it's like this. What can I do? 
right now it's like this, what can I do? And when I'm feeling anxiety or when I'm feeling really struggling with uncertainty or when I'm feeling irritated, I just try to take a moment to just say, right now it's like this, what can I do? The goal is that then what we figure out how to do is just make the best decision with the information we have in the moment we are in, rather than just knee-jerk reactions. Because a lot of the time what we do is we respond with knee-jerk reactions. We respond with, we just act. We just lash out about the thing frustrating us. Or we just go cry in a corner or whatever. And and I guess that's that's the acting out I could be doing about my phone right now. It's just crying in a corner, right? Or, I mean, I could smash it against a wall or something. I guess people do that. But I don't want to do that, right? I want to just remind myself, okay, this time's going to go by. Everything is fine. And then just maybe spend some extra time meditating and see if that helps me. But I think, I sort of think talking about it helps me too. So, Um, that's it for now. So I just wanted to talk about anxiety and iPhones, and I'm sure this is relatable, although it may not be specifically having your phone locked. I'm, I'm confident that everyone has something like that, where something that is just stupid bothers them, bothers the hell out of them, and just they can't shake it. I'm sure everyone has that problem. And we just are all trying to do our best. And we're all going through life. Life is a struggle. And we're just trying to get better. And we're just trying to remind ourselves, right now it's like this, right now it's like this. What can I do? What can I do? Because that's a very important thing to remind yourself. We get so caught up. And we need to remember that thoughts and feelings are fleeting. <coughs> thoughts and feelings are fleeting. So, right now it's like this, and then later it's not going to be like this. And what can I do? Well, I made an appointment. That's what I can do. That's what's in my power. And sometimes we feel like we have no power over what's happening. Usually there's a little something we can do. Not always, but usually there's a little something. So, that's basically what I wanted to talk about today. But... Uh, I will close by, I want to share the healing breath practice with you, which is a practice you can do when you're feeling anxious or upset and you just are struggling to have perspective. You can do this practice and I'm going to, it's a, it's a regulated breathing. So it's a very slow breath in and then holding your breath and then a very slow breath out. So it's a breath in. So it takes five seconds and a holding your breath. So it takes five seconds and then a breath out. So it takes five seconds. So we're going to make a single breath, 15 seconds. So this is I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to guide you. So I'm breathing in. Holding my breath. Breathing out. So now I want you to do it with me. Breathe in. Hold your breath. Breathe out. I feel better already. I like that practice. I 
once had one person tell me it made her feel like she was hyperventilating. And I told her, well, then don't do it anymore. And if it makes you feel like you're hyperventilating, if you have breathing problems, if something about it bothers you, don't do it. Um, that's it. It's not required, certainly. But it's a practice that I like. It's a practice that I like. So uh, that is it for today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And have a good day. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.